So here's the question. How do active people in the Atlanta area stay pain-free and live the active, fulfilled life that they deserve at any age? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Danny Matei, and welcome to the Active Atlanta Podcast. The Active Atlanta Podcast is sponsored by Athletes Potential. At Athletes Potential, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active doing the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better for life. Head to athletespotential.com to learn how we can help you stay active for life today. What is up, everyone, and welcome back to the Active Atlanta Podcast. Dave, to got to, guys, today we have um, an athlete's potential duo here. We've got Doc Sam uh, on the podcast with us. It's been forever. I don't know why it's taken me so long to get you on the podcast, Sam, but it's taken a minute. I'm super excited to get you on. Guys, this dude's a stud. We couldn't have been more excited to get him come, uh, uh, to have him be a part of our team. Uh, you know, He graduated with his doctorate in physical therapy in 2015. He then went and got his OCS, which stands for an orthopedic certified or clinical specialty uh, in 2016. He's got a ton of experience. So he, you know, uh, whether that's uh, rehabbing from an ACL tear that he acquired via soccer or is competing at some of the highest levels when he set the state record for or state the UGA record for the 3000 meter stable chase. Um, he knows what it takes to be an athlete. He knows what it takes to get through rehab and mink. And uh, he knows what it, uh, he knows what some of the, uh, the poor rehab options are out there too. So, um, without further ado, man, Sam, welcome to the podcast. What's up? What's up? Glad to be here. Yeah, uh, it's it's nice to uh, it's nice to finally have you on. Um, and then, real quick here, Sam, could you like just when you talk, could you bring that mic like up to your face? Sure. How's that? Yeah, that's way better. Yeah, it was just a little quiet there. Um, but yeah, Sam, man, uh, I tried to give a little bit of a background of you, but I'm sure I didn't do it any justice. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about like who you are, kind of like your journey with physical therapy, and kind of like where you're at, man. Okay, cool. Uh, well, you, you gave me a little bit of a, a, an age. Uh, you were gentle with my age, but I graduated <laughs> PT school in 2012. So a couple oh, of years on that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, that's that. right. Okay, so you completed your yeah, residency. I did the residency. In yeah, 2015. Yeah. Oh, totally, man. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I went to, um, I, well, I grew up here in Decatur. So I uh, went to Decatur Hyde right down the street. Um, did pretty much every single sport that you could try. I tried it, um, and succeeded at some and was mediocre <laughs> at some. So that was good. Uh, yeah, but found my way into running, uh, in high school and, um, running soccer, uh, were kind of the, the main, uh, staples for, for me as a, a high school athlete. And then I went on to do track and cross country at UGA and, mm-hmm. Uh, ended up uh, really enjoying the sports science kinesiology aspect of school and yeah. decided to uh, go that route post-college and then got my doctorate from North Georgia up there and um, have been uh, really interested in, in the orthopedic realm. So I got my orthopedic uh, specialty and did the Mercer residency as, um, just wanted to really kind of, 
hone in and specialize and really get as good as possible at, at doing orthopedic, um, clinical treatment. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. And like, it totally shows like, uh, so you, you've been with us for, for a little while now and, um, people get better, man. It's easy. It's easy for you. It's <laughs> you can do it in your sleep. Almost. But, uh, so, so you didn't start running competitively until, um, until high school then. Right. So, um, in middle school, I was like, you know, I loved all ball sports. So football, yeah. baseball, soccer, basketball, and, uh, but I just never got bigger. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, with, with, with all sports comes conditioning and I was just really good. I found conditioning to be really easy. Yeah. Um, and so then I was like, Oh, let me go see what this cross country thing's all about. And then on the first day it was, um, I was like, okay, this is it. I mean, this is pretty, it came naturally. Uh, yeah. and I excelled relatively quickly and, yeah. and then just kind of hit the ground running. And then after, after I tore my ACL playing soccer, after, um, college, uh, I started doing more cycling for the rehab process. Mm-hmm. And with that, uh, I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to see what, what, uh, what cycling is all about and just really enjoyed, um, going on rides with, with a couple of my buddies, uh, especially in North Georgia. It was, it was difficult, but beautiful. Um, cycling up there. Yeah. So, uh, and then when I hit 30, I was just going to the gym, doing some strength training and I, I was, I was out of racing, um, in terms of like really competitive racing from college Yeah, and, I just wanted something new, some, some, some new challenges. So then I started picking up triathlons and just really, really enjoyed, um, the multi-sport aspect of it. Yeah, for sure. The training. And do you like I the just, longer distances when you do your tries or do you like more of the, uh, or do you like more of the, um, like the sprints or the Olympic distance? I love the Olympic distance. The Olympic distance is, is a, an actual fun race for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm not good enough at at the transitions to be really good at the sprints. I think you have to be, you have to really dial that in. Yeah. Um, Cause if you spend five minutes changing your shoes, people are going to smoke you in that. So, sure. um, so I, I, I like the Olympic distance. It's long enough where you have to do some training, but, uh, every single time I do the, the half Ironman distance, I'm just like, what did I, what did I choose? <laughs> this is this, miserable. What am I doing? <laughs> They're, they're, they're challenging. They're challenging in a different way. Um, it's not as, uh, fast and I happen to pretty much always do the, um, uh, uh, Augusta or Chattanooga and it's always so hot. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you done, so you've done the Chattanooga try before. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a different type of, which was just last weekend. So I had a couple of, um, one patient do that and she did oh, really nice. well. Yeah. Um, yeah came in 12th. So of her age group. So that was good. Yeah. Awesome. Crushed it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the, the, I like the Olympic it's fun. It's Mm -hmm. long enough where you feel like you, you accomplish something, um, difficult, but it's not, it's not five hours or plus or whatever, however long it takes you to do a half Ironman. Yeah. I think the thing with, uh, that I like about like the Olympic distance as well is, um, so I've got, man, I've got like maybe three months worth of training for a try under my belt. That's my experience with triathlons. <laughs> I was supposed okay. to do the Chattanooga try and, uh, um, but then the pandemic hit and then like, I just never, never signed back up for it. So I need to get back on it. But, uh, I, from, yeah, um, 
from the patients that I've worked with, like, it really seems like that's a distance that's easy to, or not easy, but more manageable to fit into your life from like a training standpoint. Like I've had a few patients, uh, try to like train for like a half Ironman or a full Ironman. And that's like a full-time job in and of itself. You know, you have to have like, especially if you have a family, you've got to get some family that's really on board with you training for that as well. Oh yeah. Or you just, um, you're waking up at 5 a.m. to go on a 100-mile bike ride, and then you're just wiped out for the rest of the day. But you have things that you, other, that you have to do. You have to maintain all, the, all of your life obligations yeah. um, on top of the training. So it's, it's, the, the full is, is very tough to fit yeah. a, um, a busy schedule. Yeah, dude, for sure. So then do you think – so in the clinic then, do you think that your experience with like um, being a high-level athlete and um, – experimenting and, and doing triathlons and uh just like your passion for endurance-based uh sports do you think that that's like has a carryover in terms of how you look and treat and operate in the clinic uh for sure um i think that knowing just what the um what the demands of the sports are and mm-hmm. what the time um what what kind of time uh you have to provide to be good at those sports um and and having a full-time job and uh you know having a kid and having to do the things that you have to do outside of training you want to make it as streamlined and as efficient and um as possible so that so that you get the most bang for your buck for your totally uh, and then so programming i think is something that is is interesting um for friends and, and just talking to them about that and seeing like where they can cut some things out or mm-hmm. where they can make it more efficient so that, so that they stay safe and healthy and progress on a, on a, a nice timeline, but are also able to do all the things that they want to do outside of the sport. Yeah, dude, I totally agree, man. I think like uh, one of the things that's really frustrating to me uh, is when you see like, and, and you know, I don't think this is a fault of anybody. I think it's just like a natural progression of life uh, and just having an understanding for what happened or like, you know, some of the getting some battle scars in life, I guess you can say like, it's really frustrating to me when like, uh, you have some like young gun, like whether that's a medical provider, uh, physical therapist, or like, you know, a personal trainer or a coach. And like you get and they, and they work with these, um, adults who have kids, have full-time jobs, have a family and, uh, make the, and give them just like an un, unattainable amount of things to do because you can do it when you're in your 20s, young 20s. But when you've got other responsibilities, it's really tough to fit into your day. Like, what are some of the, do you have any like strategies, tactics, or uh, just general advice that you like to give people when they're feeling maybe a little bit overwhelmed with a training schedule on top of, because it's important, man, like your healthcare is important. You should be taking care of your body. And uh, I, I know like, Man, I'm guilty of it at times, but like when life gets stressed or gets busy, it's like sometimes your health and fitness is like one of the, like either less sleep or less um, fitness is one of the two, first two things that typically go for people. So, um, or less time cooking at homes when they're eating out more. So um, do you have any, like for, for the patients that you work with who kind of struggle with this, what are some of the thought processes that you want to, that you try to go through with patients or points of emphasis that you try to make? Um, so with the, the goals in mind, yeah. Let's take let's take a um a marathoner for instance. Yeah. Um so you look at the year so you, you can kind of look at the year and most marathons will happen 
around the same time of year. So like your Chicago, your New York's, um, your at- Atlanta, um, they all happen within that fall to winter type schedule, right? Yeah. So if, if somebody has something that they really want to do, like I have a couple of clients right now that one is doing the Paris and another one's doing the Berlin marathon. So that's like their big goal. So yeah. if you have a big goal for the year, it's easy to take a step back and let's say, okay, well, this is your year, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can break that up into blocks. So these are your training blocks. So then you say, okay, outside of on the opposite end of the year or six months away or eight months away, you should be a little heavier in your strength training. Yeah. And you don't have to be hammering in as many miles, right? So, you, so this is where you're going to have an asymmetrical or unbalanced portion of strength training to um, endurance mileage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can say, as you get closer, then we're just trying to maintain that strength. So it's, it's breaking it up into, this is the year. These are what your quarters look like. And then that gives them a general idea about, hey, this is what I need to be thinking about in these three months. And then, and then they, they can, so it's more digestible than like, this is what this week needs to look like. This is what this week. So breaking it up into um, quarters or eights is, is more digestible for the patient to kind of look at that and say, okay, that seems pretty manageable. And it's yeah. like, this is where your focus should be instead of, all right, what does this week look like? What does this week look like? Like that, that's important from a, a micromanagement standpoint and saying, okay, if we have some, some nag, nagging type injuries, um, can we push this back a week or, or management at that point becomes a little bit more fine tuning closer to the race, um, but, or towards like their big goal race, but uh, finding that, that steady pro- progression of, of um, endurance training and then kind of um, maintaining strength training throughout the year um, so that they don't have to feel like they have to do so much all the time. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think that's really smart, man. It's, it's essentially like you're taking a sport that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily, especially in adult, uh, adult world, right? Like when you're not in school and everything, but like you're taking a sport that doesn't necessarily have like an in season per se. Right. And you're giving them an in season, off season, post season exactly. training. Exactly. And people are familiar with that. Like most, most of your older athletes that are like, Oh yeah, I used to play basketball as a kid, or I used to play soccer as a kid. And, they, and we had like a fall season and a spring season or something. And, and you know, mm-hmm. and in the winter and summer, I did different things. Or I did summer training and it's, yeah. it's exactly. So you're, you're essentially giving them, this is your training season. This is your, um, kind of strength training season. Yeah. Oh man. I love it too. Cause then is that how you, uh, is that how you sneak in? Cause man, look, we're all adults, right? And when we're adults, we want to do what we want to do. So if you like to run, you probably hate to lift, right? And if you like to lift, you probably hate to run. Um, but they're important. Like cardiovascular health is important, just as strength training is important. So is that how you kind of like sneak in some weight, uh, some strength training or resistance training with your uh, endurance athletes that you work with? Um, I tell them straight up, if you're, if you're an endurance <laughs> athlete, you need to be strength training, right? Yeah. Love Everybody it. thinks that um, so my, my main thing is people come in or, or a new athlete that says, you know, I would love to, um, I would love to run, to get into shape. And like, you're yeah. thinking about this in the, uh, in the wrong, wrong way. You have to be in shape to run. Ooh. Right? Yeah. You, you don't run to get into shape. You have to be in shape to run, right? Yeah. You need good body mechanics. You need good strength. You need good muscle endurance. You need all kinds of things that are required 
for a higher level activity, such as running. You need yeah. good balance. So there's a, a lot involved with uh, running um, specifically that people think, oh, I'm just going to go out and start running. It's like, it doesn't, yeah. your body doesn't, if you haven't done it, it's a high level activity. Totally, man. And uh, oh, man, I love that. Like uh, you don't get, you don't run to get in shape. You get in shape or you have to get in shape to run. Like um, that's, I've never even thought about it that way for some reason, but you're, you're totally right, man. Like, uh, and I think another way to think about it too, is like a lot of people who just go out and run, uh, they, it's almost like they just kind of like let the run happen to them <laughs> if, if without sounding like too wooey, right? Like you can kind of see them like, you know, their, um, their posture just doesn't look very good when they run. Like, you know, they're absorbing the ground reaction force in all kinds of weird ways. Like, uh, their cadence isn't super efficient. Um, and that, that like, you have to be like a rock star runner to like be considered a runner, <laughs> right. Or to run. Um, but there's certain things that you should be able to do. Like one of them is having the capacity to be out and go, go out and run your body and joints and tendons and everything else can handle that amount of overload amount of stress on a repetitive basis. And then you can get back after and do it again. Cause if you can only run once a week and that you're sore recovering the rest, you're not doing anybody any favors at that point. Exactly. And you know, I, um, at, after we hit a certain age, right. So 35, uh, for a, for a, for a good biomarker, uh, we start to decline in terms of our tendon strength, um, muscle strength. And so you have to life, maintain right? that. Yeah, man, yeah. it's tough. It is tough. I, <laughs> so, think, that's, I um, think that's the worst part yeah. about having the, having the degree that we got, man. Like I remember next size fizz is like every day I learned something else. that just like shattered my soul about like, Oh man, I'm only going to have like my body only generates calcium for until I'm like in my early twenties. And then it's just like, that's, that's what right. you got. <laughs> You've, you have already peaked, my friend. You, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you just have to ride that decline. Yeah. Right. I try to slow, so, as, try to slow down yeah. as slow as possible is, is the goal now. Yeah. But obviously people can, can become better at, at um, you know, we can become more efficient. We can um, become stronger. It's just harder as, as, we, get, as we get older, right? And totally. so a lot of our, our clients are going to be, you know, we treat some high schoolers and that that's awesome. They get better super fast. It's just like, you know, <laughs> Like, oh, you, I feel better. Two yeah. Weeks. Oh yeah. Dude's like, I don't know, like, like stick a needle in their calf and they're, and everything's, and everything's fixed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, there's a little bit more finessing with the, the 40 year olds, 50 year olds, six year olds that um, you maybe can't progress them as quickly. So it's yes. just, it's a different mindset, but one that I enjoy and one that um, I, I, I enjoy getting the most out of those, out of those clients. Yeah. Well, I think like, um, <clears throat> I don't know. Let me see if I can phrase this right. Like, it's almost like, uh, you know, your four-year-old athlete has like earned the right to have a little bit more, need a little bit more finesse, I guess you can say. Like they um, got some life battle scars, right? And I love, I'm right there with you, man. Like that, like, um, you know, young parent or, or a parent with like high school age kids or just just the adult who's trying to maintain an active lifestyle because they hold because that's a strong value of theirs man like if you're still working out like four days three four five days a week and you've got two kids in high school and like you know you're an established professional in your career and everything else like you've made it a point to have that activity be a part of your life and it's important to you and i want and i and i think you're spot on there's so much uh reward that comes from allowing somebody to continue to pursue those fitness and health and wellness goals at a high level. Yeah. 
it's, it's a tough thing to do. So those totally. people should definitely be applauded. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure, man. And then like, and like, uh, man, I always forget who's with the president that said this. I've, I've, I've said this quote before, but like, um, you know, in life, we're either going to rust out or we're going to wear out, you know, Teddy, and, Teddy Roosevelt. There it is. Yeah, there it is. Teddy Roosevelt. So like, and I'm, and that's so true. Like you, you will, like, it's funny. People are always like, oh, you do CrossFit, you're going to get injured or like, oh, you run. I bet you have a lot of injuries or, um, I don't know. You play, <laughs> you play, Jake, you play basketball on Saturday mornings with a bunch of young guns at the, at the, uh, the Brookhaven YMCA. Like, what are you doing? You're going to hurt yourself. Accurate. Probably, you know, but uh, man, I'd much rather work through an orthopedic issue any day of the week than I would have to deal with like either the mental fogginess or like the metabolic issues that can come around with um, right. not being active, man. And like, I enjoy basketball, so I'm going to keep playing basketball and like people enjoy to run. So they're going to keep running or like people enjoy CrossFit or they enjoy weightlifting. Like, cool, do it. We, we got to have a little bit of balance when we do, when we do work on those things too. Yeah, that's, and people that are running for stress reduction is those are the people that I feel the most. Um, I'm like, man, I really got to hit this nail right on the head so that they can get, because it's almost more important for those people than totally. like, I just want to be, I want to be a good athlete. It's like, okay, but they have other parts of their life that are important to them. But somebody that's like, this is like how I reduce my stress. It's like, that's really critical for their, you know, uh, the value in their life that it brings to them. So it's, yes. this, there's not like an anxiety behind it, but I'm, I really want to make sure that I give those people the best possible outcome that they, yeah. that, that they deserve. Totally, man. I think like, um, and there's so many layers to that, right? Like when somebody's trying to run for stress reduction or um, what, you know, what does that higher level of stress mean? Well, it means that they're not as focused at work or, uh, if they're not as focused at work, they don't feel like as, uh, you know, maybe it carries over a little bit more into like their personal life. So maybe they don't feel as strong as a, of a parent, right? Like it's wild how when you, cause as an athlete, like, you know, we, we do have a saying at, at athletes, potential, like you have a body, if you have a body, you're an athlete and like your stages of athleticism, um, change and what the meaning of athleticism kind of changes, I think, as you progress in life and, um, people who value their, um, who like run, like we consider them runners, they're athletes at that point. And the, but the reason behind the, they're not chasing championship rings, you know, they're not chasing medals. Maybe some of them are, and that's great. Um, for sure. Yeah. You can do both. Like we're not saying you have to do either, or it could be an, and for sure. Um, but the more important award or reward that people are looking for is like more quality time with their family. And it's crazy. Like you had, like, uh, you're, you're like, wait, you're, adding things into their schedule to have more time. Like, yeah, for sure. Because you're going to be a lot more dialed in. You're going you're to be a lot more present. You're going to be more productive throughout your day. And it just carries over to, it's a, it's really like a keystone habit, you know? Yeah. It's quality time, not just time. For sure. Yeah. yeah there's a difference, man. Um, sorry, go ahead. I, I just, uh, I appreciate the, uh, the fitness forward aspect of AP athlete potential that, um, you know, every single person that comes in, it's not what do you need. It, it's not like, how do we get you out of pain? It's like, what can we do to keep you doing what you want to do? And sometimes that is rest. Sometimes that is like, hey, maybe we need to take a step back. If you have like a stress fracture, it's like, hey, we need to take a step back, give you some rest so that you can then proceed to do what you want to do. And that's yes. like just crucial. Yeah, it's true, man. Like <clears throat> you can't, 
uh, I don't know, you can't voodoo floss a stress fracture away, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> you, you can't, uh, I don't know, you can try to do some some fun stuff like BFR, but like sometimes rest is just needed and that's okay, yeah. you know, like there's- But it's it's resting so that if you can get back to doing what you want to do yeah. later on. It's not, it, there's a purpose behind it, but you know, every single person that comes in, it's like, how can we get you back to doing the thing that you want to do? And that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's, uh, it's something that, um, it's, I think it's refreshing for a lot of people that we work, that we work with, you know? Um, cause a lot of people that we work with, like you talked about, like, I don't think it's just like AP that's fitness mind or forward thinking, but like our patients are like that for the most part as well. And you don't have to be, do that to be a patient coming in. Like, don't, don't get that message wrong. But, um, the, uh, it's the current medical system is kind of like, it almost treats humans as if they're fragile, right. Or that they're like, incapable of doing things or like oh do do that because you might get hurt like it's this it's this really interesting world where uh instead of just trying to correct a problem it's almost lazy really if you want to kind of think it that way like instead of trying to correct a problem you just try to avoid a problem that's how i feel like most people feel and it's that my frustrations that i feel with the medical world is or whatever i go in network for various reasons or um i use a different medical provider that's outside of my scope if i don't go to a good one i can absolutely feel that way too and like I at least know how to navigate it a little bit better. I could only imagine how daunting the task that would be for someone who's, you know, their life isn't in the medical world, you know? It's like when you, I mean, if you practice long enough, you've definitely had a patient where they've gone to see some sort of physician or provider or some, somebody in the healthcare field. And they told them you, you should probably never squat again, or you should probably never mm-hmm. run again. Yeah. And if if that is, or, you know, deadlifts are bad for you or anything like that, where you, if you, if you have a walk scope, you can say, Hey, maybe we dial back the running from five days a week to three days a week and mix in some biking or swimming or something that's a little easier on the joints so that you have time to recover between mm-hmm. your runs. So yeah. that you, you're not taking something away from that person, but you're, you're like, enabling them to do it for longer. And yeah. That's, that's really what we're all here for. Yeah, man. And I think like, and you know, it's not always a, it's, it's, you know, it's easy to throw providers in the bus, but a lot of it is, is kind of like under, like, it's, it's just the way the current system is set up. Like, um, I mean, that's why all of our appointments are one-on-one for an hour because like it can be, it can take a minute to sometimes figure out like, Oh, you know what? Well, let's dive through your training cycle. Let's dive through your whole program. Like, Let's figure out where the holes are. Where are you overloading? What are you missing? Uh, that's a conversation that takes time and it's a, and it's relationship based, right? Uh, you, there's no way somebody could come in and like in a 15 minute eval, we get all that information and then establish a plan and move forward, right? Like uh, that is, it sets the medical, it sets the provider up to fail. And it's just the way the system's kind of set up. So I do really appreciate how we always, all of our appointments will always be one-on-one for an hour um, for that very reason. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then, so, and you know, like, do you, so what exactly, well, another thing I wanted to talk to you about too on here, it's kind of a strong pivot from what we've been talking about before, but um, with your OCS, uh, I wanted to talk to you, like, what exactly does that mean? Cause I've actually had a, cause you know, we'll have signs in our room, in our treatment rooms that have our names and letters and everything behind it. Um, what does that OCS like signal for you? Like what do, what should patients know when they see that? Um, well, so when you, when you come out of, um, school, you 
come out as a general practitioner, right? So you have um, a wide body of knowledge for being able to treat um, physical therapy in a wide realm of, of um, areas. So whether that's neuro, pediatrics, geriatrics, um, cardiovascular. So Mm -hmm. when we go into PT school, it's just kind of this big shotgun of like, boom, here's what you need. You're going to need to know all of this uh, at some point. And if you want to go into a hospital, you're going to need to know this. If you want to go into a spinal specialization, like a shepherd center, then you're going to need to know these things. But um, or if you're going to go into an ortho orthopedic realm, um, which is what most people I think typically think of as, as physical therapy. I don't know if I'm biased because I work in orthopedics, but yeah. Um, so then when, when I came out, it was, um, so you, you only get, um, uh, not a little bit of knowledge, but, but you could, you could go deeper if you knew what you wanted to go into. So I, I knew coming out that it, this is this is what I'm interested in. This is what I want to get really, really good at. So um, I looked into a uh, orthopedic um, residency program and um, decided that this would be a way for me to like really narrow down um, my knowledge and skills and really work on my hands-on manual techniques and really understand um, the kind of pain sciences and neuro and orthopedic and really how they mesh together to clinically diagnose and reason what the patient sitting in front of me is presenting with. Um, yeah. Cause sometimes it's complicated. And cool. so it's really, it's trying to be able to uh, get a little bit more specific with your treatments, um, mm-hmm. get a little bit, maybe if there's a client that is more complex, it's being able to understand that more complex client. So when you, when I look at the um, orthopedic clinical specialization um, certification that I have, I think of it as uh, every single clinician should be able to treat the easy client. It's, mm-hmm. it's the, the, the harder clients, the, the people that have seen multiple providers and maybe haven't really been able to figure out what's wrong with them. Yep. Um, that's, that's where I feel like uh, I wanted to be. And that's why I, I did what I did. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, and, and there's a huge distinction here too, um, because it's, it's, it's kind of interesting the way it's set up, but like you can get your OCS just by taking a test or going through a residency. And um, th- that's really unfortunate because it, there's a huge distinction between being an or, or being a residency trained orthopedic specialist uh, versus just taking a test. Right. Um, and and right. it's the difference between like, I don't know, like just, saying that you have enough knowledge, like there's between knowledge and application. And uh, when you go through residency, you have to do both <laughs> versus uh, just establishing a basic set of knowledge and, and not knowing what to do with that skill set, right? Like, um, so I think that's a really important distinguish, uh, dis- distinguish uh, difference to make. Uh, but then also the, and you can see that, man, you can see it in your treatment styles. Like it's, it's wild how like if somebody just comes in for like a general shoulder pain, like, man, look, that could be coming from their shoulder for sure. It could be coming from their shoulder blade, it could be coming from their thoracic spine, it could be coming from their cervical spine, it could be coming from a number of different areas. And you're right. Like you could, some providers, like you could just take like a shotgun approach and try to be like, all right, we're going to hit everything. And maybe one of them works. Right. Um, or uh, you can go to a provider like yourself. Who's been a residency trained orthopedic specialist and like, get very specific in terms of like, oh no, no, it's this, this is what we need to do. 
which on the patient side is really valuable because like the most precious resource any of us have is time, you know? And like, if you can go and work with a provider who can save you time, like, and actually get after the correct diagnosis instead of just every just taking, like throwing a bunch of spaghetti on, on the wall and seeing what sticks like, man, how valuable is that? You know? Yeah, totally. Um, <clears throat> if you, yeah, I've definitely, uh, been in some clinics where it's just like, you can, some providers will, it's like, Oh, shoulder. Oh, I got these exercises for you. It's like, that's <laughs> yeah. It should be, there should be some individualization behind that. Yeah. It's like, no, this isn't just a shoulder. This is a person with specific needs and specific wants and um, specific movement demands. And um, we should be treating them as such an individual. And so it's like, you can't just do it's not, these are my shoulder exercises. It's like, this, <laughs> these, these are the tasks that you need to do to get better as an individual. Right, man. I love that. And it's, and it's, and it's man, I could go off on a, a very long tangent about that, about treating like the person sitting in front of you, not like a shoulder sitting in front of you, because if we were all machines, like, sure. Yeah. Oh, your shoulder's a little rusty. Here's what you got. Oh, your knees a little tight. Here's what you do. Right. Like, um, but that doesn't take into account at all the decades worth of trauma, sport biases, um, you know, like, um, psychological stuff. Like, I mean, there's biopsychosocial aspects, like there's all kinds of stuff that makes pain present itself it's, and it doesn't always equal tissue damage. So, um, or is that always because your shoulder's tight, uh, that shoulder's probably been tied for being real with ourselves for like 20 years, you know? Uh, so like why now is it becoming an issue? So, and that's where having somebody like yourself who can, who's had the extra training, who has the time available to them, um, and is in an environment that allows them to, um, use those skill sets in an appropriate way. It can be such a powerful tool to anybody. You know, we've, we've talked about, we've talked a lot about like, um, endurance athletes on this podcast, but don't get, don't get it twisted. Y'all like Sam can work with very successfully and at a very high level with, just about any person that comes walking in that door. So if you're an Olympic athlete, guess what? Like we still need to have the appropriate amount of like external rotation and shoulder flexion to get up overhead. Um, and we got to figure out like why you don't have those ranges. Like if you're a power lifter, cool. Well, if you, I'm sure you've experienced some form of back pain or tightness, like Sam knows how to address those in a very high level type of way versus like, Oh, here's a stretch that you can do. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's really cool to see that like, sure, you may have a, a special interest in uh, running or endurance athletes, um, but man, there's so much carryover in it and all the other populations that you work with. Yeah. And you know, that definitely with the, the, the course that I just went to last weekend where, you know, um, hitting a, a deadlift PR, which is yes. pretty awesome where it's, I, you know, I enjoy just being athletic. That's, yeah. you know, I, I do like, running and cycling, but, you know, my background certainly isn't as, as a kid growing up, I played, you know, baseball, soccer, football, basketball. So, um, any sport I'm, I'm down to treat it. It's, yes. uh, it's, it's just, I'm very passionate about just keeping people, um, moving and doing what they love. And, and I'm down yeah. to geek out about, uh, basketball, football, like tennis. Oh man. <laughs> great. You a tennis player? I didn't know you were a tennis player. I, I, but I, I played, uh, in PT school for a little bit with, uh-huh. uh, one of my friends and who played in college and he would smoke me all the time. I'm like, mm. man, it's <laughs> like the, the difference between, uh, just like somebody who played in college and somebody who didn't is 
drastically different. Oh my gosh. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's not even close. Dude, I suck so bad at tennis. Like my friend, like I played a little bit in like a PT school as well, but like now with collegiate players, I can tell you that much, just a bunch of other, just like dudes who played tennis and yeah. who wanted to play some tennis. And I sucked even amongst those guys. Like, um, my, my finesse is, is just not there <laughs> smoking them all over the fence or straight into the net. <laughs> just get at that point. You just gotta say, you know what, let's just go play some softball. Let's just yes. go like try and hit them as hard as we can. That's right. Yeah. Let's go play some softball or, you, or like this tennis court doesn't look like a basketball court. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, Sam, dude, look, uh, I appreciate your time. I know it's super valuable. Um, so thank you, dude, so much for coming on to the, to the podcast. I'm really excited for people to like get to, get to know you a little bit better because like there's so many um, there's so many things that, that you bring to the table that is so valuable to the person sitting across from you. And I'm glad that we got an opportunity to kind of share some of that. So man, thanks so much for having on the podcast. Yeah, man, it's been a, a long time coming. It's, yeah, it's easier to get your freaking wife on here than it was to get you on here, man. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, Sam. Well, thanks a lot, man. And and I'll catch you later. All right, Jake. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athletes Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to athletespotential.com to learn more.